Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. Uh, This morning, we'll begin with a brief devotional thought uh, led by Pastor Radical based on Micah chapter 5. All right, we're looking at verse 2, a very familiar verse during this Advent Christmas season. It says here, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. When you look at this verse, you could probably understand why a lot of the Israelites were a little bit confused of what kind of ruler they were going to have when this Messiah would come. Especially if you were under Roman oppression and under Roman rule, you might initially think that the ruler in Israel is going to be a future king over Israel that's going to deliver them from the Roman captivity. So I think a lot of times we give the disciples and the early uh, followers of Jesus a hard time misunderstanding what kind of king that he was, which he obviously reminded them several times that his kingdom was not of this world, like he said to Pilate, and that his rule was not to be about that earthly reign, but that spiritual reign in our hearts of believers. But what I really like about this part is the specific nature of these prophecies, these predictions and descriptions of where the Messiah would come from. You really don't see anything else like that in any other book. And that's why we can look at all the Old Testament prophecies and see the accuracy of that. And much like our Advent theme that Pastor Nam and Pastor Mayhew and I have been doing, this midweek Advent, we were looking at all these prophecies and looking at this predictions of the coming Messiah and how really it couldn't be anybody else besides this Jesus of Nazareth. So ultimately, Pastor Nauman, as far as this verse goes, where do you see the comfort that's found in this section? Well, I think the, the comfort comes from the fulfillment of this prophecy. So Micah, remember, is an Old, Old Testament uh, book of the Bible, so it was written B.C. before Christ, and this is one of the important verses that the children of Israel would look to for where this Christ would come from. And so as, as you mentioned, some of them got it mixed up because they were looking to this earthly ruler. And as you look at this, yet out of you comes forth to me one to be ruler in Israel. Like you say, well, yeah, it sounds like a king or something like that. Um, and certainly, you know, David was from Bethlehem. Uh, and that, that word Ephrathah is simply, a, it's a, just kind of an older name for that same region there around Bethlehem, which is pretty, pretty close to Jerusalem in the southern, southern portion of, of Judea there. Um, so they went uh, from Bethlehem was going to come a ruler, and this was uh, uh, something that the children were looking forward to. And you know, even when the wise men came looking for for this king who was to be born, they went straight to Jerusalem. Remember, and they went to King Herod, and they said, "Hey, where's where's the new king? Where's the, the baby who's going to be born?" And they, everybody was kind of, "Well, what are you talking about? What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, we're look. We saw the star, the prophesied star, um, which uh, again is going to be spoken about in our service today." looking for the star uh, so that the scribes and Fer- the scribes went and looked in, uh, in Micah and they, they quote this verse if you go to Matthew chapter 2 um, they said well where is this Christ going to be born Matthew, Matthew 2 5 and 6 says 
So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Um, so this is, a, you know, it's kind of a loose quote there, but, but that's referring to this passage from Micah chapter 5. And they said, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. This Christ is going to be born in Bethlehem, which just kind of shows that they probably weren't looking as close as they should have been. Uh, they didn't see the star, which had been seen by these wise men from the east, probably from uh, ancient Babylon or something like that, from, from the old, think of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these guys who had, who had stayed over there in Babylon, um, Esther, Mordecai, these people who were believers and uh, over there in the east, and they'd been looking for the star, but the children of Israel there weren't looking for the star. Um, they see the star, they're looking, and they, they uh, when they come, they say, oh, it's supposed to be in Bethlehem. So then they went to Bethlehem, and there, of course, the wise men find Jesus, uh, who wasn't born in a, in a castle, who wasn't born in a mansion or a palace. He was born, uh, at, born in a stable to a lowly carpenter uh, and his and his wife, obviously not, Joseph wasn't the father, but his heavenly father. And that's, again, coming all the way back to your question, where's the comfort? Look at the end of the end of Micah 5. Who's going forth are from of old, from everlasting. And so this, it's an interesting verse because it talks about the beginning, right? Out of you shall come forth to me. So it's the beginning of Jesus' life. But what the prophet here is saying, and it's what we know from all of Holy Scripture, is this is not the beginning of Jesus' life at the beginning of Jesus' being. He is from everlasting. He was born from eternity. And that's uh, that's what the prophet Micah says there. That means that he's not any other human being. He's true God. Which is the comfort then, right? Because true God came to dwell among us to be, to enter the story of mankind and save mankind from sin. I like that you explained the everlasting. I like that you also brought in the, the wise men from the east, which is a good reminder for us. I mean, these foreigners knew the word of God better than those that the prophecy was written about, the land that it was written about. I think it's a good reminder for us to continue to be in the word of God so that we are up to speed, not just on the prophecies and the prophecies fulfilled, but the ones that are to come too. So in celebrating the birth of our Savior, I think there's, there's such a powerful reminder of why do we go through these Old Testament prophecies? Well, because we remember that they have been fulfilled in our Savior, and that's comfort for what he'd come to do for us as well. Yeah. I'd push back on you a little bit on that. I'm not sure these guys are necessarily foreigners. They might be Jews still from the, the land of Babylon. We don't. There was a great dispersion I'm, that had taken place yeah, from the, the different captivity. Where they come from is what I mean. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't know. You know, we always think of three wise men, right? Even on our bulletin for today, yeah. with a keeping watch for the star bulletin, there's three camels and three wise men coming through. We actually don't know how many wise men there were there. There could have been a hundred of them for all, right. I mean, probably not a hundred, but, you know, maybe. For all we know, we don't, we don't know exactly. We always think three because they bring three gifts, right? Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but um, we don't necessarily know uh, uh, how many wise men there, there were coming. All we know is where they came from, from, from the east. That, that's one direction. So right. um, we kind of had brought up this idea of uh, this verse just because the, the, the uh, bulletin covers for the weekend were doing... Uh, Marlis Lighting from our congregation is making these this beautiful artwork for every weekend and uh, this past weekend was the Bethlehem Candle um, which is obviously tied into uh, the verse here from Micah 5.2. What's kind of the significance of Bethlehem itself? I mean, obviously we knew that's where Jesus was going to be born, but why? And what's the, the background behind all that? Well, he was going to be a, a descendant of King David and then ultimately if you go back to Bethlehem, you go back to like Genesis 
and the prophets. You know, you got Isaac at Bethel, and some of the promises that reiterated it from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob. You see, you have those ideas of uh, those promises of the Savior from those regions. So there's a there's a long history of that region of that town mm-hmm. of Bethlehem that goes all the way back to God's first promises there. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's us. Small. I mean, it wasn't like Jer- Jerusalem was the capital. You know, Jerusalem was where the temple was. Bethlehem was nothing as significant in why. You know, that's where obviously King David, who was the youngest of seven brothers, you know, uh, or eight brothers, and the the one who seemed the least, <laughs> you know, the least of all of them. And that's so fitting with our Savior Jesus too, isn't it? Because he didn't come in glory and might and honor and power, or whatever like we might expect, but he came uh, in lowliness and gentleness and meekness. Uh, which is very fitting with the town in which he was born as well. Good. Well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for helping us understand all the promises and prophecies that you made about your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, from eternity. And we know that since he took on our flesh, that those prophecies were fulfilled. All the things that you said about him, what he would do, where he would be born, all those that would worship him and see the glory of that star, we give you thanks, Lord, because we see your hand in history fulfill all of your promises, promises of life for us and the death and salvation that we have through Jesus' victory over the grave itself and work on the cross. Lord, for this reason, we give you thanks again this Christmas time, this season of Advent, as we get ready to celebrate our Savior's birth and what that means for our eternal salvation. Bless us in your saving name, we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we got a number of uh, announcements and updates for you. Uh, online midweek Bible class again is uh, closed down during the month of December as we prepare for Christmas uh, and uh, uh, the Advent season. So our Advent schedule continues today. Uh, Pastor Nathaniel Mayhew is coming over from Sleepy Eye uh, uh, Congregation in order to preach the second part for us, which is keeping watch for the star. So as we've been uh, our week-by-week theme is keeping watch. Last week was keeping watch for the forerunner. Pastor Radical led us through a discussion of uh, John the Baptist and his work for us, uh, uh, for well, his work for the Christ and for us as well, preparing our hearts uh, for the Christ. Today we're going to consider keeping watch for the star and, the, again, the, the wise men who are from the east looking for that star. Uh, maybe Pastor maybe Pastor Mayhew has more insight than we did on where these guys came from. We'll, we'll have to see. Or maybe how many there were. We'll find, we'll find out today, I guess. So tune in for that. And the next week we'll be keeping watch for the Christ, uh, and I'll be leading that uh, that service next Wednesday. Um, our Christmas Eve practices continue. The children are hard at work preparing uh, their Friday practices, and also uh, the the big practice that you should highlight if you're if you have children who aren't attending the, the day school is uh, Sunday, December 18th. So that'd be one week right before um, one week right before Christmas. During the Sunday school hour, we need all the kids to attend. So all the day school kids, all the uh, non-day school, Sunday school kids, everybody needs to come, including the, the preschoolers and the kindergartners um, who aren't a part, nor, part of the normal practices. They need to come to that 18th uh, at 9 a.m. That's So during the Sunday school Bible class hour, um, we really need a good turnout for that so we can practice um, for the Christmas Eve program, which will be that coming Saturday then, December 24th. Um, so normally we have a, a weekend service, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, 6 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. This year, because Christmas Eve is on uh, on a Saturday, um, that Saturday service and the Sunday service will be separate and distinct from one another. So that Christmas Eve, we hope you can join us for that, as we uh, normally do. 
I'll have the big children's service Christmas Eve, Saturday night at 6 p.m. And then Sunday morning will be a separate service. It'll be our normal Christmas Day service. So we encourage you to attend that one with us as well as our normal weekend service, uh, 10 a.m. on Christmas Day. That's Sunday, December 25th. Um, we uh, will be taking a break from Bible class and Sunday school that weekend. Um, so there won't be any uh, after church Saturday or before church on Sunday morning. Um, and then we'll also take a break the following weekend, which is the New Year's uh, Eve and New Year's Day service. We're still hammering out some of the details from those services, but we'll, we'll uh, let you know after the deacons meet next week um, what our plan is for those services. Um, as far as our prayer list today, uh, we have our, our, uh, Tom Jensen, Carrie Dale, and John Hine, uh, three cancer diagnoses who are uh, we continue to keep in our prayers that, that God would uh, give them strength and patience through this time. Uh, no matter where they are in that process. Uh, we pray on behalf of Ross Thienemann's uh, father, David, who had valve replacement last Tuesday. That went well. Sounds like he's doing very well. Um, CLC President Michael Eichstead uh, was hospitalized last week and uh, was uh, tests were done. Here. They're hoping to uh, be able to uh, do, some, do some things to help his heart with some irregularities that it has going on um, but uh, I, I haven't heard any updates on that I did you? oh I, you did yeah I talked to uh, his sister-in-law Tina Eichstead yesterday and she said that Wayne had mentioned that he was at home now the procedure oh. went well but he's on like light restrictions so he's not okay he's just re recovering at home for a while not not full steam okay okay well certainly keep him in our prayers it's a uh, pretty scary situation especially you know we're short on pastors as it is in the CLC, and now Pastor Hine comes, develops cancer. Uh, Michael Eichstead, two of these, both of these men are very important to uh, the work of our synod, and to have both of them have these kind of scares, it's eye-opening for us, I think. Uh, a couple of uh, members as well we should pray for is uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Cordy Keeney uh, ended up in the hospital this past week. Um, did she go home yesterday? I didn't hear a final word. I didn't either. Pro hopefully by today. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, she uh, ended up in the hospital, had to go to a different hosp different uh, city in order to be hospitalized because they didn't have a bed here in town for her, and uh, hopefully she's back home now. Um, I just went up and saw uh, Hope Redlin. She uh, ended up going to the emergency room last week and had emergency surgery done, um, and now she's uh, recovering from that surgery. It seems as though it went well, and they're um, moving her along here, but she's going to be in the hospital uh, for, for a little bit longer here. Um, I'd expect maybe uh, through the weekend here in order, as she recovers from that surgery. Um, and uh, so certainly we keep Hope and, and Dale in our prayers as well. Which brings us to uh, the Wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs. We've been going through uh, uh, chapter by chapter, different sections in Proverbs. Uh, we're to Proverbs chapter 18 this week. Um, and Pastor Radical picked out a verse for us to, to take a look at specifically here. Yeah, chapter 18 is not a super long chapter of about 24 verses, and a lot of the first part of that chapter talks about uh, the words of a mouth of a fool and just a lot of discussion of what foolishness looks like. And I think that's interesting as a contrast when you go towards the end of the chapter when it says in verse 22, something that's used commonly in weddings. We haven't talked, we've talked about adultery earlier on, like chapter 6, for example, but here we're talking about the, the positive side of marriage. And Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing that tames favor from the Lord. So I'll just talk a little bit about the context. If you want to talk a little bit more specifically about the verse, Pastor, we have a little discussion on that. But ultimately it's interesting that it's in the context of one who's 
behaving foolishly and one who's being wise. That's really the context of all of Proverbs. But I think it's interesting that it seems like in our society right now, especially in America, that as far as people getting married, I think there's generally excitement about that. But also you have this kind of shadow of gloom of, well, that's why would you ever want to do that? Why would you want to tie yourself down? Why would you? It seems like our society says, well, you're foolish if you want to get married, especially if you want to get married young versus older. So I think there's a lot of society pressures or if you have problems in your marriage, why would you want to stay married? You know, so this whole idea of how could you say a wife or a, or a spouse is a good thing? You know, so that's a little bit of the context of that. Do you want to go a little bit more in depth? Well, I think, I mean, you, you got to go back to the Garden of Eden, right? So um, when Adam was alone and Adam, God said, name all the animals, Adam, and Adam names all the animals, but there was not found a helper comparable to him. And God says, it is not good that man should be alone. Um, so how can you say it's a good thing? Well, because God said it's a good thing in the beginning, that uh, um, this was the the order of things and how God intended it for it to be set up, is that a, a, a man would find a woman and would uh, commit to... Uh, that relationship. So it's described in, in Genesis 2 there that a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is sometimes I describe it as it's like the uh, the, the the stones on which God meant to build uh, the wall of society. So um, if you think of, you know, and you, it reflects in many common sayings we hear today. So as goes the home, so goes the nation or stuff like that, right? So, um, and, and as uh, uh, that's how that's how God wanted our human society in a perfect society to be set up be one man and one woman committed to each other for life and then the children that would come from that union uh, would they'd be a part of that family as well and so these are the the family societal units that god intended um and that was good that's how god wanted it and it's a good thing because um it it sets up um it sets up a commitment you know and, and that's where so many people go wrong today is you know they look at they look at marriages. Well, what can I get out of a marriage? You know, why why is this going to be a good thing for me? And that's that's not what Solomon says here in the proverb. It's not he who finds a good wife is going to find a good thing because now he can <laughs> now he can be lazy or you know now he can lay on the couch and his wife will do the dishes and make him lunch now or whatever. Like that's not what Solomon's saying. It's a good thing because now what it what what commitment draws out of you is it draws the best out of you. At least it's supposed to. Um, it's supposed to say. This is something that I'm dedicated to. This is something that I'm going to give my life to. This is a good thing that I'm that I'm going to uh, make this commitment because it puts this responsibility, this duty on my shoulders, and that's really what what that's what especially men. That's what men really need. I'm coming at this from a, I'm a man, so you know that's what men really need is they need to say, you know, I'm not care loose and fancy, foot loose and fancy free. Right, I, I have responsibility. I need to bear down and buckle down and, and do this work for my family. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for society too because it it tames men and it makes men uh, be committed to the work that's that is that truly is important that God calls important as well. So I was looking at the Hebrew here just as you were kind of introducing this thought, and it's a it's kind of funny. It's the 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 author the the translators they add a few words to make it more uh, more friendly to the English reader. So it says. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, but in the original Hebrew, it's just he finds a wife, he finds good. <laughs> uh, that's all, you know. That, that's the whole whole clause there. Um, it's just four words. He finds a wife, he finds good, <laughs> and uh, that's. I mean, it's as simple as that. That's what that's what God is saying here. Is having a wife is a good thing. Now, 
We should be careful, too, because it's not like what God is saying. If he doesn't find a wife, he's disobeying God or he's not, you know. There's lots of people who end up being single their whole lives, and, you know, that's God's intent and purpose for some. And Paul makes that clear in the New Testament that, you know, marriage isn't for everybody, but um, it is for most people, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, and I, I, th- I like that, too, because when you reserve it on the good part, a lot of scripture readings, like from Ecclesiastes, are used, two is better than one, so you get that good, better, best idea, and having Christ in the middle of that as well for marriage is always going to be the best thing you can do. But the idea, yeah, if you have two people, it is going to be better. Yeah, there's going to be conflicts at times, but at the same point, it's going to be generally better because you made that point, I think, really well that the idea is not for the husband's to serve the wife. The wife's supposed to serve her husband, and the idea is taking care of one of another, like you were saying there. So it is a good thing because now you have two people to tackle the problems that life brings. And ultimately, the best thing you can find when you're going through life is finding that strength in Christ to forgive, finding that strength in Christ to serve each other and ultimately think about how am I serving, how am I serving the other person versus just trying to have service for myself. So I, I appreciate that point that you made. And ultimately that's, that second half says, and obtains favor, or I think a better translation that place, obtains a blessings from the Lord. You have the idea of that blessing. He's gonna, the Lord's gonna bless you for having that companion, that, that help meet. And that's one of the wonderful things about marriage that I think we should probably put back to society and say, no, marriage is a blessing, and that's something we can give thanks for in our day-to-day life. Yeah, I think, well, we live in such an, uh, people value autonomy, people value, you know, self-identity, who am I, and and, and what, they find their identity in um, their personal personality and who they are personally, and I think... Um, what we find in Holy Scripture is that the, the true way to find identity and value is in service to other people. And, you know, this is kind of built into us too. You know, it's better to give than to receive. That's a natural thing, isn't it? That, you know, it, for, uh, that, that it, when you give a gift to your children, you know, a, a $20 toy that makes them so happy on Christmas morning, you know, isn't it just like a great feeling when they're like, oh, this is the best thing ever, I'm so excited. And you just love, you know, and a $20 gift to them means way more to me than a you know a two hundred dollar watch or something like that you know it's like oh that's that's great thank you but you don't have the same feeling of of uh happiness as you give something to someone that you truly love and that's it's that's that's something that we need to we need to realize is biblical too because did jesus had the ultimate life of service right jesus gave his life for us he gave everything he did was in service to other people and now paul says let this mind be in you which is also in christ jesus so so what how can we emulate Christ how can we serve others well one way is in that is, is in the family relationship by being the husband's God has called us to be by living for our wives by living for our children by standing up for for them when they need to be stood up for and by um, helping them when they need help and and uh, uh, serving them when we have the opportunity to serve them and you know it's I, I was talking to somebody the other day and you know I, I asked somebody would you be willing to die for your wife and you know the answer is Yes, you know, and hopefully we'd all be willing to do that um, for our wives. And then I said, "Well, are you willing to live for your wife?" You know, that's sometimes that's a harder thing. You know, it'd be really easy just to say, "Yeah, I'll go jump in front of a bus right now," you know, and hopefully we'd hopefully you'd be willing to do that for your wife. But you know, what's harder is 
waking up every day and doing the things that need to be done and taking out the garbage and getting the medicine and going to the grocery and doing the dishes and folding the lot like those things are all like ugh, like those things i'd rather go jump in front of a bus and <laughs> do all that but that's the service that, that we that's how we can serve others right and that's a good thing and it's a good thing when you do that and it's it's hard to hard to wrap your mind around all that as you're in the moment of folding laundry or cleaning up throw up for the fifth time today or whatever but that's a good thing and god god says it's a good thing when you bear up under the responsibilities and duties that you have and god says you will find favor from the lord all right sounds good all right let's pray Lord heavenly father we thank you for uh, your holy word thank you for the marriages you've blessed us with bless all the marriages those who are hearing and those in our congregation and give us strength according to your will in your name amen which brings us to our hymn of the day today. Our hymn is hymn 647, uh, which brings us back to our theme of little, little Town of Bethlehem. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in the darkness shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary, and gathered all above, while mortals sleep the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth, and praises sing to God the King, and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter and be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.